702. Weekend Breakfast with Googs Msungu. Let's walk the talk. It's uh, 11 minutes after 8 o'clock. Time for us to discuss our parenting feature. And this week, we're asking the question, how can you as a parent assist your child or your children consider the digital world and the opportunities um, that the internet and the digital world present? As always, we're joined by human potential and parenting expert, Nikki Bush. Nikki, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Gooks. As always, it's good to have you on the show. So uh, why is it that parents need to be aware of the digital world? Gooks, the world is changing so quickly at the moment. And so we have to keep our eye on the ball because if we look at what's happening digitally, it's changing, literally changing the landscape. And so we have to hold on to the best of the old but actually embrace the best of the new. And when I ask my audiences of parents at any parent talk uh, at the moment, I ask one question. How has your job changed in the last three years? Or hands up to any of you whose jobs have changed dramatically in the past three years, not just because of COVID, but because of the fourth industrial revolution, 80% of hands go up. And so parents are starting to realize this, that the world is changing. And our children, of course, have enormous access to the Internet and to devices. And so we have to look at what, uh, you know, is possible. But we, you know, I've actually got a list here of 13 different things because every child living in the digital world has the potential to become dot, dot, dot. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. And that's the kind of key angle we're actually looking at this morning is to be aware of the threats as well as the opportunities. Mm. So perhaps delve into my list of 18 things uh, because it's a wide range. You know, this is not an exhaustive list, but this is just why I want parents to be awake. Yes. And so, I mean, part of the challenge is there's so many things we don't even know for many of us as parents, especially the, the Internet moves so quickly. Um, there, there are opportunities and changes that we can't even kind of keep up with. Um, and especially for a generation that for I think kids growing up now, they've always known the Internet. For most adults, they only encounter the Internet a lot later. So we're almost also at a back foot in terms of adoption of internet or online technologies, digital technologies, whereas kids have always been digital first. They've always kind of been in this world. And so there's also that I think parents are almost always kind of catching up uh, or trying to catch up with kids who are kind of, you know, they're early adopters, they take to it and their parents kind of learn, learn a little behind them. Yeah. So, I mean, just let's, let's take thought leadership. As an example, I'm not talking influencer marketing. I'm talking thought leadership. And if you think of Greta Thunberg, who was, she's born a digital native. She's always had access to the internet. She's always had access to social media. And so she's a teen, um, you know, who started blogging and sharing her ideas and opinions on a certain topic of interest and went even further, you know, started protesting outside houses of parliament, etc. And she's de- developed a following. Um, and, you know, our kids can become thought leaders for causes. 
and they may land up being a thought leader in their own right or maybe a company will pick them up and offer them a job. Um, recently, I heard of a young man who's, I think, about 21, and he's been a mountain biker. That's been his sport of choice. And he just started making go vid videos with his GoPro when he was doing um, you know, competitions and exciting rides. And he was posting that um, those videos online. A company has picked that up. And he has landed the most amazing job um, because, because of the kind of content he was creating and sharing. So, so think about the fact that kids can use content for good and for bad. And if we look at our local Nadav Ossendriver, who is, has been South Africa's YouTube celebrity superstar for a number of years now, I knew him when he was a young man. He's now um, in his uh, in his late twenties. I think he's about uh, twenty-seven or so. But he started his company when he was fifteen at school, and his business is latest sightings. And I don't know, Gogs, if you ever go to Kruger, but latest sightings is the app. Um, that you'll use when you go to Kruger to see to find out you know what are the big uh, game sightings in Kruger, and when he was about oh before he was even in matric, he had ninety million views on his YouTube channel, and now it's way beyond that. He's received awards all over the world. A young South African man who started his business, an app that tracked the sightings, the game sightings in Kruger. And now his, his app is being used for conservation issues in nature conservancies around the world. So, um, you know, your, your team can mine their interest. His interest, his double interest, was photography, wildlife photography, and YouTube those were his two main interests, and he, he married the two because he was using the content for good. And I think that that's an important concept to consider mm. because every choice, every choice that we or our children make with regard to life or anything we do digitally has consequences, particularly on the internet because the internet remembers everything. It remembers everything we like, everything we share, everything we comment on, everything we buy. It remembers everything. And that's the key thing that kids walk away from when I do a digital safety workshop with them. The one thing I say to them after every single session is, what did you learn that you didn't know? And it's always the same. I'd be a millionaire for the number of times I've heard this. We didn't know that the internet remembered everything. Mm. And so our kids do need to be aware and awake and parents need to be aware and awake because of the fact that that digital footprint will follow your child around forever. It will be the thing that gets um, you know, checked when they are looking for a job because there are now experts 
who go and check your digital footprint for the company that you're applying uh, to for a job because they want to know whether you're, you're going to be a risk to the company, a risk to the brand based on what you do online. If your child is applying for a bursary, they will definitely uh, have their background digital footprint checked. And so, you know, there were there were 10 kids who got bursaries at Harvard a couple of years ago. And they had squeaky clean digital footprints until these very smart people checked what was going on in private chat rooms because they, you know, you, you need to just be a bit smarter than you and I to be able to do these kinds of checks. And when they checked what was going on in private chat rooms, these 10 kids lost their bursaries. And I mean, the other challenges are often um, private conversations ending up on the internet as well. So uh, conversations in WhatsApp groups, conversations in Facebook groups, conversations in, you know, um, that those can be, someone can make a screenshot and share that. Uh, voice notes can be leaked. Uh, so there's also kind of that level of, you also need to be thinking about if you are saying something in a WhatsApp group or a conversation that can be screenshot and shared, is this something you'd be happy to end up on the internet, for instance? You raise such an important point um, because um, extortion and blackmail and revenge porn are some of the biggest issues on the internet right now. When relationships go sour, um, it's, it's a thing. And this is where social media lawyers are making a lot of money. And so when we Think about our children's digital potential. On my list, to your point, our children have the potential to become perpetrators. So, for example, a boy starts a slut list or a girl specifically leaves one girl out of a group on WhatsApp or on Snapchat or wherever or posts horrible messages on their profile. That would be a child using their digital potential to become a perpetrator of potentially digital crime, you know, or our children have the potential to become a victim. So, for example, a boy's mates set up a fake profile and then um, they pursue him publicly on Facebook, getting many of his friends, you know, to like or not like. Our children can be upstanders. A group of girls alert a parent, a teacher, or a principal that a friend of theirs is being cyberbullied. That's called being an upstander, standing up for your friends. Because when somebody's being bullied, they actually don't they don't ask for help. They're in a depression. They're freaked out. And so we need to get our kids to look after each other. Then you get the bystander. Our kids have the potential to be a bystander where they know somebody who's being victimized online, and either they do nothing or they even like what is going on because they want to be part of the in crowd. And a, you can become a trickster. You know, kids think things are funny. Like a boy creates a fake profile for a girl asking a specific boy to send her, remember, this is a fake profile. This is a boy behind the profile. So they ask a specific boy to send her a naked selfie and then they send that naked selfie viral. So they're just setting somebody up for disaster and they think it's so amusing and so funny. 
And it really isn't if it happens to you. And there's a movie that I really would suggest parents try and find. It's a couple of years old now. It's about, oh, when I say a couple, it's probably about eight years old now. And um, it's called Disconnect. And go and search the internet and see if you can watch Disconnect. And if you have children of 14 years and up, please watch that movie with your children. Because all these things that I've just mentioned, the perpetrator, the victim, the upstander, the bystander, the trickster, are all featured in this movie in very ordinary ways, very nice kids, can be naughty, can be nasty online, just because the internet enables this kind of behavior. Mm. And... And our kids can fall into that trap. But there's a lot more positive stuff, of course. Um, you know, like a social activist, you know, every child has to actually do community service hours today in order to pass life orientation. So for social activism, the internet is amazing. Your child can sign up for communityhours.co.za where they can set up a community service project say, to collect teddy bears for children who don't have toys. And there was a girl who collected 500 teddy bears for charity in this exact way. Or your teen supports causes online promoted by other social activist groups, such as Avars. I'm sure many of our listeners have heard of Avars, and they look after the planet and uh, human rights online. Um, And then you know, you might have a child who wants to be a community, uh, you know, a community builder. And this happens with, um, especially down in the Cape, where they have things like secret sunrises, and you meet on a beach, and these messages get disseminated via social media. And the only way you can find out about these things is, um, is through social media or cycling through Cape Town called Moonlight Mass or Johannesburg, it's called crit- Critical Mass when it's full moon, where scores of people come together just to be together. Uh, there's nothing you know, negative about it. It's just how people connect and let people know where they're going to be. And then hacking. Hacking is a fascinating field. So, you know, kids love a challenge. Hacking can be negative, and we we all know about negative hacking. And I know of kids, really smart kids, who in adolescence just love the challenge of being tempted to do exactly what they shouldn't. And as learners, they would hack into the school's bank account just for the challenge. They didn't do anything malicious once they got in. But it was the breaking in that was the thrill. And I know some of these kids, I mean, they have, they had nothing malicious in mind at all. And they're now incredible computer programmers today. But hacking can, of course, be very malicious. And, you know, we hear about cybercrime where entire systems go down because hackers have got in. We hear about it with the banks, you know, scams and phishing and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But then... Um, you have a company, an online company called Hacker One, where they invite anybody on the planet to try and hack into certain company databases, etc., on purpose, because they're trying to find the bugs in a system. And 19-year-old, there's a 19-year-old who earned a million US dollars, and that was um, just about two or three years ago, 
hacking for bugs. This is this is positive hacking. Um, so these are kids who are computer savvy, who know how to crack a problem. And we're looking for kids who know how to solve problems today. Um, so this just gives you just a snapshot of the length and breadth of what we're talking about today. Programming, being a video gaming star, serious money in, in these areas. And if I look at my corporate clients, what are they battling to find? The skills they're battling to find. They're battling to find really, really smart people in the programming and coding arena. So don't take this off the menu if you are a parent who's raising a child today. We really need kids who are smart at problem solving, who, who understand programming and coding. It's the new literacy, teaching machines how to do stuff for us. It's going to become increasingly important. And as for video gaming, it's a real Thing. It can become a real career in the same vein as becoming a Springbok rugby player or a soccer player or a hockey player. Um, it's big business today. And let's not forget, we don't want our kids to land up as couch potatoes because there is the potential to be a couch potato. Kids who spend too much time sedentary in front of screens who don't move enough can become obese, diabetic, short-sighted, unfit, and antisocial. So I think maybe I've, I've said enough and wet people's appetite enough, um, you know, around the potential for our children. It's a massive field. We could talk for another hour about this, but parents need to be awake. And so if you are a parent that's kind of trying to figure out how to help your child navigate a world that even you know very little about, a world that, you know, is still very, even you are completely foreign to you, where do you start? So our parents can get hold of my book, Tech Savvy Parenting, and they can also continue the conversation with me on Facebook. It's a group called Parenting Matters. And of course, there's tons of information at NikkiBush.com. Nikki, always a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Gogs.